0: So, um, hi, how you guys doing? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, look at you guys, you look great today, oh my gosh. Um, it's, uh, it's Mother's Day, but I'm not preaching a Mother's Day message. So um, I know you're kind of used to that. Uh, so mothers, I'm sorry, but Debbie, that was amazing. So it's good, right? You know, so I hope you've been encouraged. Um, but I think there's more, right? That's that's just, we we're stepping into it, right? And, and uh, just sense that the Lord was like, no, we need to keep moving. We've got some things we need to do today. And uh, as, uh, you know, if you're new to our church, you may not uh, know this, maybe if this is your first Sunday, but we... Uh, since January, the Lord has been doing a special, some special things in our community. And I think most of you would agree with me. It's not just uh, uh, the pastor raw, rawing and trying to create something, but it actually is the Holy Spirit moving and doing stuff in our hearts and individuals and in this church. And that's awesome. Uh, and it's stretching us. Uh, it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's, uh, you know, out of our comfort zones and those kind of things. And, and that's good, right? Um, but it's also, it's really sweet, right? And in the midst of the pain and struggle and suffering and divisions in this world, we're also experiencing these sweet provisions from Jesus, right? And his Holy Spirit. And so it's good. Uh, one of the areas and one of the people in our church who've been getting stretched a lot, and the Lord has really, uh, honestly, for the first uh, four or five years I was here, uh, I knew Jessica and I knew Ashish, but I didn't know them really well. and then. Uh, A couple of years ago, we began to to meet a little bit more regularly, maybe every couple of months or so, and and kind of got to know each a little bit more. And then uh, really over the last six or eight months now, the Lord has really kind of brought our lives together uh, in different ways and how the Holy Spirit's been moving in them and in their family and in their lives, but also how what he's been, it's been kind of, you know, uh, combined with what God's been doing in my life. And so we've found this kind of camaraderie in some sense that the Lord has brought in and, and it's been really sweet and they've been a great encouragement to me. And I think I've been a great encouragement to them as the Lord is kind of walking, allowing us to walk together. Uh, I, I had Jessica share uh, some weeks ago now, five, six, seven, eight weeks ago. I don't know how long ago was, maybe it was in March. Um, uh, something that the Lord had given her and to share with the congregation. And, and uh, the Lord gave her another word a couple weeks ago, and it just feels like it's appropriate as a prelude to this message this morning, and so I've asked her to come and once again share uh, what the Lord has kind of downloaded to her and as she wrote it down, and uh, yeah, so hear what the Lord has to say through uh, Jessica before we dive into Acts 4. Oh, a mic, yeah, we need a mic, there it is. Bill, he's always on it. Good job, Bill. You have, to, you have to wait for him to hang yeah, out know. He can only be in one place at one time. Right? <laughs> we really need a new sound guy.
1: <laughs> All right, we got it. All right, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. <sighs> in these days, I am shaking my church. There has been much mixture and much man-made religion has taken the place of my true word. There is much that I will reveal and uncover in the days to come. It is time to wake and shake my bride from their slumber. I have said in my word that my bride will be without spot or wrinkle. I'm not speaking of how you will be in eternity, although this will also be true of you in that time. My church has been weak. It has been infiltrated. It has bowed to culture and fear of man rather than to me. It is time for those days to come to an end. It is time for my church to awaken, to repent, to open her eyes, let go of false beliefs and idols, and run into my truth. I have said many times to keep your eyes on me. Peter was able to do the impossible in the midst of the storm because of his faith in me, my supernatural ability. Yes, I still operate that way. And because he looked to me, directly at me, My church, you have taken your eyes off of me in many areas. I need you to realign. Allow me to strip away the false beliefs, the man-made traditions, the areas of unbelief. Ask me where you've gotten off course. I will remove the blinders from your eyes and will reveal the truth. Be humble before me. Acknowledge that you are not all-knowing. You haven't figured it all out. I am far beyond what your human mind can comprehend, and you will never stop learning if you truly seek me. I long to reveal the treasures and mysteries of heaven to you, but you must confess your spiritual pride, humble yourselves, and learn to listen to my still, small voice. My sheep hear my voice. I am speaking. Are you listening? I am a God of love. I am slow to anger and quick to forgive. Come to me, my church, my bride. Humble yourselves before me, and I will lift you up. I have much to show you, much to reveal, destroy, and rebuild. Yes, much will be shaken and will fall in the coming days, but these things must happen so that my church can truly arise in victory. I never intended my body to be weak. It's not my will that you be divided. Stop listening to the devil's lies, the spirit of offense who seeks to sow division, mistrust, and judgment among you. I need you to seek me, repent, and come together as one. Corporately, I need you to look to me. I will show you where you have strayed. Allow me to shake and refine you. It is my will that you come together, that you are one as Jesus and the Father are one. This is my will and plan for my body. So arise, wake up, open your eyes, open your hearts, be humble and allow my spirit to lead you into all truth. This is a new day. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord.
0: Hear the word of the Lord, Acts 4, verse 32 and following. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interview of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Happy Mother's Day. You know, the, the Lord has, God has created us for relationship, right? It started in the very beginning in the garden, right? He created Adam and Eve, but he created them for relationship. He created them to be with them. Sin, of course, came in and kind of messed things up and broke our relationship with God. And so God had to step in and he had to do something to try to restore that relationship, to bring reconciliation in that relationship. And, you know, we can can sometimes look at salvation like, you know, it's all about just escaping hell, right? It's all about like this fire insurance piece, right? You know, like your sin is really bad, and so you're like, you're going to die, like because of your sin. I, you, you are condemned to die. You are going, you know, going to hell. It's not going to be good. It's a really bad thing. And so if you want to escape hell, here's the solution. The solution is to bow your knee to Jesus, to repent, and to pray to him and worship him, right? Then you're in you're good. You get to go to heaven, you get to go to this great place, you know, where there's no more tears, no more death, and you get to live for all eternity. It's a great thing. And so this is the salvation message. But there's a problem with that message. The problem with that message is it leaves out the key piece of why Jesus came and died for us. It wasn't just to save us from our sin. That wasn't the primary goal. The, the, he had to save us from our sin so that we could be restored into intimate relationship with his father. Amen. You see, people that have come to faith based simply on this idea that they're escaping hell, have no reason to be looking for Jesus other than as their savior. They have no reason to connect with him personally. Like, thanks, Jesus, for saving me, for dying on the cross. That's cool. I get to go to eternity. Maybe I'll catch you later. Right? It's, it's this kind of perspective of salvation that has created the, uh, the, you know, the lone range Christian. Like, I can do it on my own. I mean, I, I'm saved already. I'm not going to hell. I'll be in heaven. Everything's good. What do I need the church for? What do I need community for? What do I need Jesus for anymore? I mean, I'm glad what he did for me, but, you know, I, kinda, I get to live my life now. But the message, the salvation message is not, hey, you get to escape hell. The message is, hey, you get to be in intimacy with your creator. And, and here's the fear, you know, as I've thought about this, like even in my own life, here's the fear I think I have in, in my heart is like, how many of us, how many people in our churches, how many people in this church just want, like, to escape hell? How many of us think that we're all good because, you know, we got saved from hell? Salvation is about relationship. Salvation from hell is a great thing. Heaven is a great thing. I'm excited about that. And matter of fact, the word tells us we should be eternally minded, that we are looking that way, that a lot of our hope is placed there, right? You know, that yeah, this world is gonna be struggling, you know, it's hard time, tension, but but we've got hope. Someday we're not gonna have to live in this sinful world anymore. Salvation is about relationship. When we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord, it's not just about servanthood. It's about connection. It's about intimacy. Do you want that intimacy? Is that what you're looking for? Do you have that intimacy? Or do you just have a religion? Well, I mean, since how Jesus died for me, I guess I should you know, go to church maybe on occasion and something about tithing. So I you know give whatever cash I have in my pocket that day. Something about, you know, reading the Bible every once in a while. Yeah, okay, I can do that. And maybe praying and listening to, you know, Christian music on occasion. Right? You know, is, is it just a religion or is it a relationship? Jesus has died so that you could be an intimate relationship with his father. Are you? Are we? But it's not just a relationship with the father. It's with his family. <laughs> you know, you, if you're going to hang out with the father... You got to hang out with his kids, too. And, and I hate to break it to you. You know, there's a lot of people that sit back and throw hand grenades at the church. But if you're a Christian, I'm sorry, but you're one of them. You're one of the children of the Father. I think we miss out, too, you know, when we, when we read Scripture, we like to personalize everything and so all the blessings you know become like personal things like He's speaking directly to me. And I know there's some devotionals out to do this now, and that's, and that's not all wrong, but we really like to make it all about me. Like what is, you know, the, all these amazing blessings, right. That are going to come, you know, that, you know, we're going to see, you know, the fruit of the land. We're going to reap a great harvest. We're going to see, you know, see all these amazing blessings. We're going to see God just kind of step in and do great things. It's gonna be awesome. Right. And we all look at that like individually, like what he's going to do for me, but actually so much of scripture is all about the church. It's what he's going to do in the body in the bride like eternity think about this eternity so much of the vision in the imagery of the new testament about eternity is about the bride entering eternity not just the little pinky toe <laughs> we want to look at the little pinky toe and really get all excited about the pinky toe I'm sorry, if you want to go into eternity, we're doing it together as a bride, as the bride of Jesus. He's the great bridegroom. So much of the blessings that we read about in scripture are about the church receiving those blessings, not, I'm sorry, necessarily for you individually to receive that blessing. And so if you just have a Jesus and me perspective, if you're not connected with the body of Christ, you are going to miss out on the blessings. I'm sorry to say, but there's some folks who are actually really angry at God. Some Christian folks are angry at God simply because they've not received the blessing that's talked about in Scripture. Well, it's not for you individually. It's for the body. If you were in the body, you would see the blessings happening and you'd get to partake in that blessing together in community. Yeah. This is this is what salvation is. It's relationship with the Father, but relationship with his family. And it's a sweet family. <laughs> You know, I've been struck like in in my life. I've gone to a bunch of conferences, uh, you know, as a youth pastor for a long time. So I went to a bunch of life conferences and I've gone to other pastors conferences and different Christian conferences. I've gone on some mission trips and stuff. And it's amazing to me, like literally not just in those conferences, but even just in life in general. Like when you run into another believer, like you don't know them, like you just met them like right now. The, the, the sense, like, of trust, like, immediately. Like, you know, if I run into somebody else and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I love Satan. Like, I'm like, hey, it's been great to see you. Have a great day. See you later. I'm um, not turn my back on that guy, right? But if it's like, hey, I love Jesus, we're like, hey, yeah, let's hug. Oh, man, you're amazing. It's so great. What is Jesus doing in your life, right? You know, there's this idea, this, this global perspective of the family of God. That you just sense this kind of sweetness. Like as soon as you, even if you don't know them and you know, like even if you're at a restaurant and they say, you know, or they have a cross on or they, they say something about Jesus. Like, hey, can I pray for you? Like, oh my gosh, let's do it, right? You know, you just kind of, let's do this, right? It's, it's the family of God. This is great. There's sweet things about the church. Sweet things about the fun that we can have together, right? You can laugh at the pastor. The pastor can laugh at you. It's great. Oh my gosh. Have a good time. We just have a fun time. It's a good fellowship. I I praise the Lord for the church that I got to raise my kids. You know, you guys got to see them last week. They're sitting over here where you guys are sitting now. It's kind of a holy spot now. Sorry, just so you know. Um, But, you know, my kids, right? I mean, it's awesome that they got to be raised in the church, right? And such a sweet community of people that they got to be a part of. Now, you know, it's just awesome to know that they knew Jesus early on, not just because their dad was the youth pastor, but because they had friends who knew Jesus, right? And they were connected and they had people. I mean... I, I hear this sometimes, like, like, what do you do, like, when you need to leave town, right, and you need someone to watch your kids, and you don't have, like, family around that can do it? What do you do? Like, I mean, what a great privilege that Debbie and I could just, like, see y'all later, and we leave them with our Christian friends, like, at the church, like, hey, have fun. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's great. We're leaving, right? More than that, and, and this is true right now, like Debbie and I are leaving here in a, in a week and a half or so, and we actually need a dog sitter. Um, so who do you ask, <laughs> right, that you can trust, that can lay, stay in your house, right? They're not going to steal stuff from you. Like there's this sense of like, family here, community, like I can trust you. I know you're going to be okay. And so it's going to be great. So anybody who wants to watch Mango for a week, let me know. Um <laughs> But the family of God is a great place. It's committed. It's a commitment to one another. And it's something that we willingly sacrifice for. You know, there's something that we like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some more of my money to help with this mission or this thing or this church ministry or whatever it may be. Or I'm going to give some more of my time. I mean, we've got, you know, a building we've got to care for. And I see some things going. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time and make sure they knock down those weeds or I or mow this lawn or I take care of these paint and this walls or whatever, right? You know, we sacrifice willingly because of this sweet community that we have. In our community, we get edified edified through education, learning about the word or learning about God through encouragement. How many times you come to church and somebody just like, they just give you that right word in the moment. Like you just needed to hear that. I don't know. I hear that a lot. Any of you ever had that happen? Raise your hand, please. So good. Like you walk in and you come into this community and something happens You get encouraged, but you also get exhorted, Right. We need someone to come alongside us and say, hey, come on, let's go. We believe in Jesus. It's a sweet family that we're a part of. John 13, 35. I think we might have a slide for it. Uh, But, you know, simple one, right? You know, they will know we are Christians by our love, right? That, That Jesus gives us a new command, a command to love one another. By all this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, right? You know, that we could be that kind of community. And in the midst of a world right now that is so divided, like we should be standing up and above all other communities in this, wor- in this country, in this world. I mean, they should be going like, how do those folks stay together? I mean, there's Democrats there, there's Republicans there, and they're all in the same building for like an hour and a half together. How does that happen, right? I mean, what is going on there, right? So th- that this is reality. Like, w- they should know us because of our love. As our culture continues to become more and more humanistic and hedonistic, we should be standing up above and beyond all other else because they go, wait a second, why do they still love each other? Why? How could that happen? I know those people. They're they're. Flag- and they got some issues but yet they still are a community how can that happen and that leads to the next point we're a sweet family but we're a family with a lot of flaws (laughs) we do still sin and you guys know this from your own biological families right who are the people that get hurt most by your sin So many of us get so upset with the church family, get so wounded by the church family that we just can't stand to be in that community anymore, and we just take off to another community. But I, you know, sometimes I just wonder, like, why are we surprised by that? Like Like, did your kids never like say something that really kind of? hurt you <laughs> push one of your buttons right or have you never said something to your kids or your husband or your sp- wife like you know you never done anything to hurt them like because of your own foolishness your own sinfulness like and you just bail as soon as it hurt comes like w- why are we surprised by this but we are and it's reality that we do hurt each other and sometimes that hurt it you know it should there should lead to division We're hurt as well because we're different. I mean, some of you in here are 49er fans. <laughs> Amen. How do we worship together? I tell you, I don't know. And I be wor- We're not gonna be very thankful on Thanksgiving together. I can tell you that, right? I mean, but it's not just silly things like that. It's real things. We have personality quirks that just tweak each other just uh, I just grates against you right we've we, we've got we've got perspectives that don't align with ours different perspectives right and, and I, I'm I'm serious about this democrat liberal you know uh conservative you know right wing you know what a republican kind of like division like uh, there's people on both sides in our church and i'm glad for that but can we worship together like you know what i'm saying i mean we're different it's it's hard especially the way that our you know our culture has become so so tribalized right like we all want to just you know, be in our own little world and, and everybody that you know, agrees with us, that's who we do life with. But if they don't agree with us, then you're just, you're evil. You're Satan. I, oh, you're going to somewhere not good and I don't want to be around you. But how to, this is reality. And sometimes, you know, we speak our opinions and perspectives a little bit too boldly. Sometimes we just hurt each other. We're wounded people. We've got unhealthy coping mechanisms. (laughs) This passage in Acts Four if we stop at the end of the chapter in verse 37, we kind of go, oh my gosh, what an amazing community what an amazing church. Like I want to be a part of this amazing church that's happening in verses 32 through 37 of chapter four. Like this is amazing. This is awesome. Like look at that. They're sharing their stuff. They're together. They're having a good time. They're filled with grace and you know, the Lord's building the church and it's, I mean, there's things happening. There's miracles, there's supernatural stuff all over the place. I mean, this is a great community. This is awesome. I want to be a part of this. It's all the sweet family stuff. So, if we stop at 37, we get an a skewed perspective of the church. Because chapter 5, verse 1, immediately following, may I remind you that uh, Luke, when he wrote, he didn't stop and go, oh, okay, let's start a new chapter with a new perspective and a new whole different direction. That was great. We've done that stuff for the first four chapters now. No, no, no. This is just continuing, right? and then he talks about ananias and sapphira not to mention in chapter six you know the 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 the, uh the widows were complaining because they weren't being cared for right and so there's this there's this tension right so matter of fact let's just continue through the rest of acts right don't stop at the end of chapter four with the church and go oh my gosh the church new testament church was easy it was awesome it was amazing it was all perfect and beautiful why aren't we like that no the church was a sweet family, but also was a flawed family. It's realistic, it's painful. I think part of what we see in Ananias and Sapphira's story piece here, this, this, this event, is God saying, look, like, being in community is really, really important. You need to be committed to one another, and it needs to be a holy community. Even though you're flawed people, it's meant to be a holy community. It's meant to be the body of Christ. It's meant to be doing my will and my work in this world. You're meant to be joining me. And so the reason that Ananias, I think part of what's going on here is it's like God saying, hey, wait a second, don't, don't get flippant. Don't get, you know, just kind of, oh, no, this is not just something to just kind of, oh, this is really cool and fun. No, 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 this is this is serious stuff as well. You need to be in community. This is a real important community, and this community needs to be holy. It reminds me of the story in David when he's bringing the ark back to Jerusalem, right? To Jerusalem, right? And they're all excited about that, and then the, the ark is being carried by by the oxen, right? And then the, ark, the, the oxen stumble, and it falls, and a guy goes over and tries to stop it, and he's taken out by God right then. Like, wait a second, God, what are you doing? I mean, what are you thinking, God? What? I mean, these guys, I mean, okay, yeah, they're lying. Well, haven't we all lied before, right? Oh, what's going on here? I mean, why did, they, why did they pay the ultimate price? Because God is saying, look, this community has been set aside, set aside as holy for me. You are a temple. I am building my temple in your hearts, but also in this community, in this family, understand that it's meant to be set aside, to be holy, to be living righteously, to seeking, you know, to be following Jesus into the world. So important. This community is so valuable that God could not just allow Ananias and Sapphira, that perspective... That presumption to continue unchecked. God was saying, hey, this is really important. This community is really important. Is the community important to you? John 17, verses 20 and 21. We actually, someone read this in the prayer time this morning. God is good. I do not ask, Jesus is praying, right? He's praying for us, praying for his disciples, and then he starts praying for us, those who will come to him through their word. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The community of God, this family of God, this church, all churches are important. God is, these are not just like things that we can kind of just choose, pick and choose to be a part of something that we need to be a part of it's part of the salvation experience and i'll take a moment here to take a shot at those maybe who are watching and not a shot like i'm sorry that came out really wrong but i just want to give a word maybe to those who are watching at home like maybe you've decided that you don't need this community and there's some reasons for people to be home not that but i'm just if you are if you're home thinking that somehow that You know, you're just you don't. It's just Jesus and you, and you're you're gonna you know make it by yourself. Like that, that's okay. No, Jesus has called you to community, and even if you can't get out of your house, you need to let people know so that they can come and be a part of your life as well. Like, open up, be vulnerable, allow us to be in community. We need each other, and we need to be. I love at the beginning of, of in verse 32 the beginning of this Acts 4 passage. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Okay, um, we need to be one heart, and how do we do that? I think I've got five things I've listed here. First of all, we need to choose love, not isolation. If you really love someone, you have to be in community with them. If you're saying that you love the church, but the only time you ever see the church or people in the church is on Sunday mornings for the hour and a half when you just kind of pass them in the hallway in the fellowship hall on the way into your seat and out, that is not loving them. We need to choose love, not isolation. We need to choose to be in community with one another. And that's risky. It's not easy. It's hard. It can be painful at times, but we need to choose love, not isolation. Second, we need to choose grace, not condemnation. There's so much that, you know, the critical spirit is alive and well. And, and, I, and I will say that it's alive and well in me as well. We have to let go of the critical spirit. We need to choose grace. We need to remember that we're flawed as well, (laughs) right? Condemnation comes from, who are we to condemn anyone? Like really, right? Think about that. We need to choose unity, not uniformity or conformity. We, I am convinced that true unity in scripture and today only comes with a diversity of thought, a diversity of perspective, a diversity of personalities. If we're all the same, then that, that is not unity. That's conformity, that's uniformity, but it's not unity. And, and this has been my criticism of the house churches. Oftentimes house churches just end up being conformity, right? Uniformity. And, and again, it's not that all of that is bad. Like I'm just saying, but that's, they're not experiencing true unity. And I don't think without true unity, you can really experience true community because we need to have different ar- ideas around us. We need to have different perspectives. We, if, if everybody that we're around thinks like us, then we're, we're missing, it, it leads to arrogance. It leads to all kinds of things. It, judgmentalism, condemnation, all those things. Next, uh, and this is a hard piece because I think we need to go here. Uh, choo- we need to choose repentance, not blame. Um, and here's, here's what I want to do here. I, I just want to say, like, I need to repent. Like, the church is flawed, right? Um, but I, I wonder how often we actually repent our sin against people. Right. You know, I think sometimes we just kind of run past it, and so, and so here's what I want to do. I just feel like the Lord has led me to this, and so, uh, hopefully, do this fairly unemotional. But, but I just, I just need to repent of my, my sins against you as a church. I, uh, my inadequacies, and my view of that, and my prideful view of my inadequacies, leads me to say and do things that are not pretty. And I have, there are probably, um, I don't know, maybe a dozen memories in my mind of words that I've spoken from this spot that I knew hurt people. And I've, I've tried to do some of that like confession to individuals when I'm aware of those things, but I know there's so much more that happens that I'm not even aware of. And so I just want to take a moment just to say I am so sorry if you have ever been hurt by a word that your pastor spoke either from the pulpit or from one-on-one conversation with you where I was maybe a little bit flippant or I have this issue with sarcasm and sometimes it's not pretty. And so literally, I'm so sorry. My intention is never to hurt anyone in this community or anywhere <laughs> But I know I do and if you're one of those people that have been hurt by me if there's if there's if there's a wall between us because you're afraid to connect with me or afraid to go into a relationship with me or afraid to to have a conversation with me afraid to even be a part of worship or afraid to do ministry that maybe I ask you to be a part if there's if there's a wall because of something I have said I am asking you to please come and let me know so that I can confess to you personally. I hope that you can forgive me. The Lord continues to work on this piece. I have, I speak, I have, I have too much opportunity <laughs> to speak publicly. And I, so anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, I am. And I, and I wanna say too, I, I wanna apologize and repent for all the other pastors and maybe the other churches that have hurt you, that have left a scar in your heart. And again, talking to those at home, maybe that's why you're at home. And I just want to apologize to you as well on behalf of pastors and churches that can sometimes be really flawed and really hurt people. Jesus loves you. He loves you perfectly in a way that I can't No one else can, yet for whatever reason, God has chosen to use people so often to communicate that love. Do not blame Jesus for the flaws of the community and do not disassociate from the family of God because you've been hurt. It's not their intention, it's not God's intention, Jesus loves you and he wants you in his community, even with all its flaws. And this leads to the last thing. We all need to choose forgiveness, not bitterness. We have to trust God's justice. Whether that person who offended us ever says they're sorry, we still forgive because we trust God to bring justice. So as we close uh, this message and this service and worship team, you can come on up. Here's what I would like to do. I think today is a day of uniting together as a family. One of the things that I love about this community, this church, is I think, you know, we we do, I think we do community pretty well. I I don't think, you know, there's not a lot that I look around and go, like, there's a lot of division and, and tensions. I mean, there's some here and there, but I think for the most part, this is a sweet community. We do get to enjoy most of the sweet family parts. But I still think we have an opportunity to greater Unity to come together more as a family. And, and here's where I think maybe we can do it in, in both the repentance side and in the forgiveness side. Whether those pains and, those, and those, those offenses have been done here in this community or in other communities. Because even if you were wounded in another church and you've come here and you've not dealt with that wounding, you've not forgiven that wounding, it's going to impact how you commu- you're in community here. And so today is a day I think that we can step into both repentance and forgiveness. Today's a day we can step more fully into love. To really engage in community, to really be together, to make this commitment to this community. Don't make this just a religious activity that you do on Sundays. Make this a community. It's not that we have to be together every waking moment. No one wants that, trust me. (laughs) But we do need each other. And, and as the times continue in our world, as we see greater and greater division around us, as the attacks build more and more, I think part of why this church that began in, in, in the New Testament were so united is because of the persecution, because they were getting attacked. And as persecution increases, we're going to need community. And we need to stop being critical, not just within your church, local church family. We need to stop being critical of all the other churches in town. Because this is a reality as well. We have this tendency to drive by this church or that church and we point our fingers, oh, that place, they're horrible. Oh my gosh, I can't, but did you hear what they did in that place? You know, we got to stop that. You know, one of the things I almost did. maybe I should have had it ready for at this point, because I almost read, just you know, brought one of the creeds, right? The Apostles' Creed or something, and just read it. And then compared that to all the other churches around here that we're critical of. And go, wait a second, do they believe in the creed? Every point on that they believe in, and yet we're criticizing them and saying that there's some horrible community that is you know, drawing people into, into you know, hell or something. Hold on. What are we doing? We need to come together. We need to be united, not just in this community, but in the greater community, the church. It's the whole bride of Christ. And so we need to come together. Maybe, maybe you need to come forward today for repentance. Come forward, you know, and maybe you don't need somebody to pray for you. Maybe you just need to come and you just need to you know, get on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me for my critical spirit. Maybe you need to find someone in the room that you know you've offended and you need to go up to them and apologize and repent. Maybe there's someone in this room that they offended you, but you've never said anything about it. Maybe you need to go to them and profess your forgiveness for them, to them. I don't know what the Lord is doing, what the spirit is leading you in in this moment, but I want to encourage you to listen to his voice and to follow his lead. Don't ignore it. This may be the only opportunity he gives you, right? Don't ignore it. If he's speaking to you now, that means he wants you to respond. So come as you feel led to come. We'll have our prayer team up, and they can pray with you if you'd like prayer. But again, if you just need to come and repent for your critical spirit, then please do that. If you need to go and talk to someone, please do that. Let's let's. Let's unite together more fully today by dealing with, you know, the unforgiven sin stuff, by dealing with our critical spirit against other folks, other churches, and by, you know, just coming together and choosing grace over condemnation, choosing to be united together instead of isolated, choosing repentance, choosing forgiveness. Amen? All right, will you stand and let's uh, sing a song, and during these songs, you can come forward. Father, we thank you for saving us, (laughs) not just from our sin, but Lord, you're saving us to intimacy with you. Lord, thank you that we have this amazing opportunity to be reconciled to you, to be in perfect relationship with you, to be perfectly united with you. And Lord, as we are united with you, you also unite us in your family with all the rest of us here. Thank you for drawing us together into community lord help us to dive further in those of us who need to lord those who are are holding back those who are holding on to bitterness those who are 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 thinking that uh, you don't really you don't really need this community lord i pray that you would help us to recognize the importance of being a part of the family about the intimate relationships that you desire for us to have not just with you but with each other Lord, help us to dive in. Lord, I pray too, Lord, that you would bring a continued move of your spirit to convict us of sin and to repentance so that we can then step into that and that people would be ready and we would be ready to forgive as well. The Lord, we would be a church to keep short accounts with each other. The Lord, that we would be able to look across and it doesn't matter who's in this community, we can firmly say that we are united with them there's nothing between us that we, we we both love jesus we both are on the same page the same team in the same family but well, thank you for community psalm 133 behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard and on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of a hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. If uh, you still need to have a conversation with somebody, please do that today. Maybe they're not here. You need to give them a phone call. Do it this week. Uh, Maybe you still need prayer. We would love to pray for you. Come forward. Also, ladies, uh, our men have uh, uh, some lovely uh, gifts for you. So as you exit, we would love to give those to you as you go. Thank you for who you are and for continuing to bless us with all of your gifts and skills. God bless. Have a great week.